This episode is sponsored by Free Market Kids. Join the league of families who are transforming family time into unforgettable Bitcoin learning experiences. With our Hoddle Up Bitcoin mining board game, you're not just playing. You're building bridges, creating memories, and unlocking the brilliance of the future one block at a time. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Orange Hatter. Today, you're going to be listening in on my conversation with Sanjna. Hey, Sanjna. Welcome to Orange Hatter. I am so happy to have you here. Um, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and how you heard about Bitcoin uh, when you did? Of course. So thanks for having me on the show, Tali. I'm super excited to be here. I'll tell you a little bit about my background. I'm based in Belgium. I've lived here my whole life. I uh, went to the UK, studied sociology, and then went on to pursue a master's in media and communication. And then I came back to Belgium and I was super interested in just marketing in general. So I worked in a startup. I worked in B2C, B2B, did about seven years in marketing, and then had a complete career switch and came into Bitcoin, it came into the Bitcoin space. So it's, it, it is very interesting. I, when I left, left my last job as a marketing manager in an industrial company, I was wondering what to do with my life next. And then COVID hit about six months later. So my husband and I actually started a dropshipping company together. We're both very creative and very adapting and we're very, we've, we've always wanted to start something out of the blue and just try something that no one else has ever done. So we came across dropshipping and we thought, okay, this is cool because I'm super into marketing. He's super creative. So we had that whole knowledge and sense of, you know, creating ads, creating compelling videos, just getting a little creative with, with that whole marketing front. So we started a drop shipping business, which eventually led into a white label beauty product. So of course, at the time of COVID, you know, salons were shut worldwide. Women still wanted to be completely groomed and, and have a way of doing their beauty routine. So we started selling an eyebrow hair removal pen. And you think it's just such a niche product and it's so random, but it, it actually worked really well. We, we, we sold, I think, over... We had over 15,000 customers worldwide, so it was super interesting. And then we got into the whole business of more home beauty gadgets. So we, we kind of scaled that business. We worked on it for a year, almost a year and a half. And then there were just a lot of changes going on. We thought that, okay, COVID was making it a little difficult because of the logistics, but there were a lot of issues going on with advertising and small businesses. And we just thought it was, it was more of a passion project and we're like okay maybe you know maybe we stop this now and we find the next thing that we want to do so I think in that much time we gained a lot of experience on how to start a business and how we can actually work together me and my husband because it's a nightmare for most couples right it's not easy working with your partner but I think taking that as a first experience is what actually led both of us to bitcoin so my husband's known about bitcoin since I'd say 2013, 2014, he's, he's always been very knowledgeable, very intrigued by the whole space of, of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general, but he never really took a lot of action in 2013. Then I think when st things started picking up again, he, he got into it. We, you know, we quit, we quit this browse pop business. So he had more time. He, he, he does some other work on the side. He's a, he's a jeweler. He's in the diamond business, but he also kind of wanted to explore, explore other opportunities. So once he started getting more into Bitcoin and reading about it, he was fully immersed. Because when you get into the Bitcoin space, there's like, there's no turning back, right? It's, it's a rabbit hole and you just go deeper and deeper. 
So I think for about a year, I was still kind of figuring out what I want to do. And he kept talking about Bitcoin and it just, it never interested me. I just, I would go blank every time he spoke to me. He would, he would do all these sketches on a whiteboard, try to write these notes. And he really wanted me to learn about it. And I, I was just like, I, I don't get it. And there's nothing about it that's really hit the spot where I feel like, okay, I need to learn about Bitcoin. But then I think the more he got into it and the more passionate he got about it, like I could hear him talking about it with our friends or family. And, you know, at that point, everyone's like, oh, what is crypto? What is this hype? It wasn't specifically just Bitcoin. It was the whole space, right? It was, there was this hype of Ethereum, Solana, just a lot of these different coins and tokens. And suddenly I'm like, okay, maybe I, I have a little bit of interest. I just want to know what, you know, what you spend so much time in a day doing. So he started explaining a bit of the technicals to me. He started explaining hash rates, blocks, mining, all of that. And then again, like I don't come from a very technical background. I don't have a finance background. So for me, I, I was still, I was trying to get interested because he was so passionate about it, but nothing, again, nothing still really hit the spot where I was like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. I think that moment where I was like, I want to get deeper into Bitcoin is when I started learning about the human rights part about Bitcoin, right? So it's funny because when I talk about this, a lot of women are interested in the same thing. Maybe it is a gender thing. I don't know. But he never told me about Bitcoin from this perspective. But I actually started doing a lot of reading. I started finding out that, okay, there's a lot more to the technical aspects of Bitcoin. Sorry, there's a lot more than just the technical aspects of Bitcoin. There's this whole crisis that can be solved with Bitcoin, right? People actually use it as a financial empowerment tool, as a human rights empowerment tool, especially in developing countries, in countries where there's authoritarian regimes. Maybe because he's from the US, I'm from Europe, it doesn't hit us you know, the way it should, but we're both originally from India and, and we spend a lot of time in India and government corruption, monetary issues, a lot of the stuff does hit close to heart. And then that's when Bitcoin started making a lot of sense to me when I thought that, okay, there's about 5 billion people, four to 5 billion people in this world who are living under these kind of governments and authoritarian regimes. And it's a place where Bitcoin can really solve all, all your issues. When I really under started understanding that Bitcoin is for everyone, it, it's a form of money that's borderless. You know, there's no restrictions based on age, gender, sex, religion, caste, none of that, right? It, it, it doesn't matter where you come from. Bitcoin is literally for everyone. And I think that is when I started going down the rabbit hole and I'm like, okay, I, I can do something with this and I, and I want to get into this and this is the future. And I think I want to spend the next 30 years of my life just focusing on Bitcoin. That is so wonderful. We have a very similar journey in that my husband started, he started down the Bitcoin rabbit hole before me and he tried very, very hard to get me interested and I wasn't. Like you said, they would go, I don't know if it's a man thing or an engineer thing, but they always go from the technical side. Exactly. He said he was explaining, <laughs> he was explaining the hash rate to me and the, the, the whole blockchain, you know, set, structure. And I'm like, I don't, what, what? But I really want to, find out more about that moment of spark so you said that you it, what interested you in the first place was the human rights aspect of it and that it's a freedom money and it's it's financial empowerment so can you think back to maybe a specific story that really jumped out at you that, and grabbed your attention 
Yeah, sure. So I think the first thing that I read about actually was was the strike. I think it was in Canada. But basically, there were a bunch of truck drivers also who went on strike and they wanted to raise money through crowdfunding. And I think the government completely blocked them off some platform. I'm trying to remember the exact story, but that that's what kind of happened. And basically, you realize that the government has a lot of control over, over any system. Or everything is centralized, whatever bank account, whatever uh, way you're transferring money, anything can be blocked, seized at any moment because they have all your information, right? So I think when these truck drivers went on strike and their money was blocked from transferring it to other people. It was it was Bitcoin that actually saved them and they could actually make a lot of remittances and, and transfers. And I think that's actually, I'm giving a first world example because that's when I think a lot of people started realizing that it makes a difference all over the world, right? It's not just about where you come from. It's not just about Africa and certain countries in Asia. It's actually it's happening in North America. So So that's one of the things that struck me. I mean, there's a lot of there's hyperinflation happening in countries like Zimbabwe. There's there's issues going on in Lebanon. There's, again, India, right? Like it, the government's so corrupt. They're trying to block. They're trying to block Bitcoin in general. But even even then, there's just so much corruption and so much politics. You you can't even understand what's going on. It's like only the top five percent of that country actually has access to wealth or whatever happens. That country is just in their control. You know, and what India is like the most populated country today, it's crazy to think that 95% of the people there don't even have access to bank accounts or they just get seized or they just get frozen. So I I, I think for me, it's it, it, the best example is just India because it's close to heart and I know what's going on in that country. But for example, we've been speaking to a lot of people from, from Venezuela, Nigeria, Philippines, like these are all, all pro- personal stories. One of our co-founders is from Lebanon as well. And there's so many countries going on in their own, so many issues going on in their own country. And I think it's it's just one of those things where people are not aware. You know, if more people were aware of what's going on worldwide, they would, I don't want to say just move to Bitcoin, but they would try to understand how flawed our economic system is in general. But but yeah, I think, yeah, I think again, for me, it's just it's just really India that hits for me because it's 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 really one of the if you move away from the three largest cities in India, it's like, it's a horrible situation, whatever's going on in villages and remote areas. And the way, yeah, the way the government has just been since the past, like 60 years, it's very difficult to get to get any any kind of money into your bank account, or to just, you know, get past the government and and, and that whole KYC process. I really would love to be able to picture, like a specific example, that maybe that comes to your mind when you reference the village situation in India outside the three large cities because I think especially for us women we we tend to want to relate through our feelings and so if you can think of something a bit more specific maybe some particular family that comes to mind or particular specific situation that you can describe for us it's funny because I've spoken to a lot of people from India and they've told me their stories but I'm just like completely blanking out right now but the country that does come to mind is actually El Salvador, because we actually just like did a class on this in our bite section as well. But I think El Salvador was seen as one of the most dangerous countries until we got the new president, right? Nayib Bukele. Bukele? I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing him right. But basically, he came into power, and I think, I think in 2019. So before he was in power, the country was known for its high crime rate, for violence, for a lot of the population being unbanked. 
And after he came into power, he actually, he's, they're the first country to adopt Bitcoin as legal tender. So there's so many people who support this. And I mean, of course the country, but there's so many people outside of El Salvador who support this. And we will probably see a lot more countries follow and following and taking the step because we've seen Bitcoin's impact on El Salvador, right? So crime rates have gone down. They've gone down more than 30%. It's become a new hub for tourism, for talent and tech startups to, to start their hubs there. Of course, he has a lot of popularity, positive popularity from the, from the population itself. Just economically, they're doing a lot better. So I think this is the best example of where you see a pre-Bitcoin country and a post-Bitcoin country and how much of a change there's actually been economically, but also socially and, and just, yeah, just in, it just very positively within the country and how many changes it's, it's made. And they're getting a lot of support. I think there's, we went for Bitcoin Miami and there was just people who, who want to move to El Salvador. They want to, you know, start investing in El Salvador. Like it's, it's just open up like a million new opportunities. Thanks for joining us today and learning with us today. If the discussion with our guest resonated with you and you would like to dive deeper into the world of Bitcoin, don't miss out on joining the Orange Hatter Women's Reading Club. The meetup link is in the show notes. Also, if there are women in your life whom you think would both enjoy and benefit from learning more about Bitcoin, please share Orange Hatter with them. Until next time, bye!